Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. I am coming at you live. Uh, we have a great show tonight. We are going to be talking about Daredevil, uh, Iron Fist getting canceled, Luke Cage getting canceled. Uh, what's the future of the Marvel U? We're going to talk Daredevil Season 3. We're also going to talk with Richard Hamilton, the writer of How to Train Your Dragon, graphic novel adaptions, and uh, DreamWorks guy. He's been doing a whole lot of cool things. He's got his own graphic novel scoop. And we're going to go spinning the racks to bring you the most fantastical pop culture news out there. Fantastical is not a word. It is tonight. I not am your host, Michael Dolce, and as always, I am joined by... Lord Mr. of the Radio. Lord of the Radio, Mr. Hassan... Godwin, or how you doing, sir? Are you feeling? That's a you know. Let's not start. That's a good with, term. Let's not start with existential questions. <laughs> let's just <laughs> let's just get right to the to the news. Let's not talk about that. All right. Well, how then, how are you doing? How are you? I am tired. I am See? actually legitimately tired. There's never a good way to answer that question. I isn't have another child um, who is yes. awesome and she's sleeping and she's wonderful, but she has disrupted you're my re- older child. You're obligated to say she's awesome. No, no, no. She, right now, you don't find actually her awesome. Is, no, she's loud. she really is. She's just beautiful. She just sits there. She she makes all these little funny noises and and uh, and she's just she's great. She really is. She's a hundred percent great. Mm. The issue is that she has disrupted my oldest child's uh, routine. And okay. so now I am not sleeping. So everyone's like, oh, you're not getting any sleep, blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm not, but not for the reason that you think. <laughs> so it's amazing how that, uh, that kind of works. But <laughs> yeah, it does, you're not selling it. Enough about I'm not, me. I'm not getting into that. Well, no, you don't no I'm not to, doing there's it. Nothing, there's nothing to get into. <laughs> All right. Where do we begin? I mean, we got Where a lot of really great, interesting things. I thought, I thought we would begin... Um, before we get into Daredevil Season 3, which is really what we want to get into, mm. I figured we'd get into the state of the Marvel Netflix U, because <laughs> last week we what? talked about Iron Fist getting canceled. Yeah. Uh, then, I mean, literally the, the day Daredevil the Season 3 hits, Luke Cage gets canceled, yeah. and Daredevil is like being released to like and you unbelievable a, uh, acclaim at the yeah. same time. Like all this stuff yeah. is happening. And you have like a theory, right? Didn't you have like some kind of theory of how you feel that this is all going down, which was like controversy. And then like the car over, you were like, I got an idea, but I'm not going to tell you because I oh, wanted to. Boy. I, I told I you I'm not to getting sleep, so I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> so you what don't even remember was. what you're. That it sounded it sounded so in depth and and intricate, and now it it seems like all that was. Uh, what did you ask me to get me to that theory? That's, you said that's state of you mind. had like an idea of what Netflix was doing, like the what what oh. the whole point was about about this. Oh well, and, I uh, mean, all right, we can go through a couple different theories, and then we'll get to mine. Uh, uh, the couple different theories is that it's it's just all a ploy to get the Luke Cage, uh, you know, heroes for hire show. Yeah, together. So 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 a lot of people. Uh, I think people are optimistically yeah, that's, going that's a there, fanciful. and I don't think that's really. Yeah, the that's case. a flight of fancy. I think those. Um, I think those shows are gone. I, I really do. I actually really do as well too. I we just talked about it backstage um, yeah, in bit. our green room, um, which by the way, which if is you'd not like green. to be a part of our green room. Sam become, needs to paint the green room green. Become <laughs> uh, an executive producer. Go to <laughs> Patreon.com/slash Secrets of the Sire. We're brought to you by all of our beloved patrons. Uh, we have a new fan. We have a new one, Craig Caruso. Uh, has he's a superhero. Up. He's a new patron. His Welcome name is aboard. alliterated. He's a superhero. We have dedicated fans: Einar <laughs> Peterson, Matt Byer, Ashley Haikai, our program director Stephanie Dolce, our executive producer Steve Ovecki, Brian Phillips, and Christina Gillen. And as always, our Uber fan Christina Dolce. So thank you um, for Hoorah. being for being there. But um, why? If I'm Netflix, why am I building up the D- Disney streaming service at this point? You know? <sighs> yeah. Um, I. I I, I can't I don't know what anybody's doing at this point. Why if you had a whole bunch of shows on another network, right? Yeah. Would you say I'm building my own network so that I could put all my content on? As soon as my right. network's built, I'm taking all the content off of that other network. Yeah. And I'm gonna put it on mine. So thanks for building up my yeah. product. Yeah. But uh, you know, I'm I mean, gonna, it's, it's I'm, smart. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I mean, it's, it's day, really right? smart. It's 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 smart in behavior and practice. It's not smart in announcing Right. That that's what your plan is. Right, exactly. You know? I agree with you. You should have launched your network and then suddenly just pulled your product right. so that Netflix wouldn't be able to sully all of your, your product by canceling it. Right. So now you have like the sloppy seconds I of, know. I know. of Netflix. I know. And that's so, the thing. People are definitely uh, people are upset because, I mean, you have cliffhangers at the end of Iron Fist. Iron Fist was not necessarily season one the best well-received yeah. 
show, but I season still two, haven't seen it. I, have I to. think turn the corner. Okay. Luke Cage. Um, now, now according to this, all right. So I found some articles. Uh, oh. Hollywood Reporter suggests that he found articles. Uh, a source tells Hollywood Reporter the cancellation was due to creative differences. Creative differences and the inability uh, very, to agree to terms for a third season. Very of the nebulous. Show. What does that even mean? Creative differences <sighs> between whom? Between Netflix and and Disney, yeah. Between the the executives of Netflix and the and the showrunners of uh, Luke Cage. I mean, Mike Coulter's under contract. Uh, the showrunners under contract, like they're all under contract for season three, so yeah, they are being I mean, paid to not do stuff. But now. I think those contracts so are what, null and void once they get canceled. You know what? Is, no, 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 no. If it's a if it's a guarantee contract, it's a guarantee. But contract. there's no. But I mean, you wouldn't sign. You wouldn't. You wouldn't initiate a guarantee of something if you're not getting your. So, like in or, in other words, it's a, it has to reach a particular projected. Uh, if that's in the contract, right? Well, that's if usually that's the contract contracts that yes. they give if you. If that's, that's in a, the contract, right? If that's, that's in the a contract, network, that's yeah. a standard network contract. Well, that's that's different. But I'm just saying, if they're contracted to be there for season three. And 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 it's not in there. If if season three does not get produced, they don't get paid. That's in the contract. Okay. If it's in if it's in the contract, they do. Yeah, then they do. Right. I mean, perhaps. I don't. We don't. We don't. We honestly uh, and, don't know. And, which and I don't think our audience really cares people. about that either. I All think right, there's. Well, and then we won't talk about that. Either. No. I'm just saying with the, um, <laughs> you know, uh, in the. I don't think they need us to to dissect the contract details that we obviously don't. Very have. possible. Very possible. Um, All right. So there's three left. Right. I mean, now we have Daredevil. Jessica Jones, and this literally just popped up on our radar mm. uh, in the green room. Green, uh, Punisher, Daredevil, right, yeah. Jessica Jones, and Punisher, to, to name the three that yeah. you just said. This but, article okay. from uh, comicbook.com actually literally just popped up. Daredevil showrunner doesn't know if series will return for fourth season. Um, despite That's the, the third prelude. season premiering less than a week ago. That's like when Trump tells everybody that you're a, you're a great help and you're a great asset to his cabinet, <laughs> and then like a week later, a week that later, guy's gone. Like, yeah, the guy's gone. <laughs> That's right. like the kiss of death. So, like, if if the showrunner's like, I don't know if we're coming back, that means they're probably not coming yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. While uh, speaking with IndieWire about the cancellation of Iron Fist, Daredevil showrunner expressed uncertainty. I don't know what the future holds in terms of Netflix and Marvel <laughs> and the new Disney streaming service and all that. I'm not really privy. That's above my pay grade. At the time of my it's life, I had so much fun. If you talk to anybody in the cast and crew, was season that three was a very pleasant experience for all of us, and we're very proud. Uh, so, yeah, I'm hopeful that we'll get to do it again. Was that He's Stephen DeKnight? This was no, no. He's not the showrunner anymore. It's Eric Olson. Ah, sorry, yeah. sorry. I was so, just clarifying for that. The series uh, ended. We, we we won't go into that because uh, we don't want to spoil it. It's only been out the for Godzilla. A week. Godzilla showed up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which we didn't think was going to happen. No, I really I was crazy. completely floored. Really crazy. Spoiler. Sorry. Um, before we get into Daredevil season three reviews, which we will get into, mm-hmm. I want to hear your take because you binged it all in like one night, right? I did. That's amazing. At your age, at your extended age, that's amazing. I can't believe you did it. I'm going to punch you right <laughs> in the forehead. We got some great new drops tonight. Um, I want to do a little game. <clears throat> I want to do a little play the percentages. I don't want to play a game. Why is it always a game? These games, always, a game. these games never life, work out life, for me. Life is a game. No, this, Life is this a is game. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Life is a punishment. I want to hear <laughs> a percentage. Out of, out of 100%, what are the odds that this is going to actually happen? And if you can't come up with something... Yeah. I'll give you a percentage and you go over under, okay? All right. So I don't even understand percentages, simple. so this is going to be a complete lose for me. What are the odds Daredevil gets a fourth season? Oh. Over under 50%? Um, I'd say it is at, at 50. It's Oh, it's, it's, it's a push. It's at 50. Yeah. I didn't know we could do that. Yeah. <laughs> over uh, under push. Huh? Yeah. That's I, the, all right. That's the name okay, of the game. Okay, I'd say 49%. That's the name of the game. It's under 50. It's Chris, 49%. Where's Chris Alpha intern? That's Put it down. Over under push. That's it. That's the name of the game. All right. <laughs> You're saying under 50% Caveat. now or push? Where, where I say at? push. I stopped pushing push 50. Pushed. Push at 50. Amazing. All right. All right, fine. So yeah, that's why I adapt. Odds <laughs> push at 50. The Punisher's second season even comes out. Now, uh, they over, filmed it. Over 50. Okay. I gave it, I, I, I set the benchmark at 80%. Over, over 80% or under 80%? I'd say it's around 80. I'd so say you could give it 80. 80. Oh, no. I would actually say it's at 90. You think it's, it's nice? So it's over. It's done. 80%. It's a done deal. Yeah. Everybody's paid for it. Yeah. You know, it's it's not like. Uh, but the what, money's already spent. But it's, might as well we just recoup. Just talked about though. Why, if you're Netflix, would you build up someone else's network? Because See, networks, that's where that's where I got the twenty percent from. But I was ne- like, you know what? Netflix is a, has a certain amount of exposure on it, so they have to protect their own investment. At this point, they're not going to go any further than that. But I mean, they they did this in particular. If they faith. were to come out though and be like, "Well, it's not our fault." No, Netflix is not going to do that. You know why? Because I would automatically make good, uh, Disney the good guys. 
because they'd be like, oh, fine. Now we have to put it on our streaming service. And now mm. you have to come to us if mm. you want to see this. I could, I could, if Netflix could, they, I bet you they could spin it in a way uh, that is that is beneficial toward them and, and anti uh, anti Disney. I, they I could really definitely spin could. it that way, but I think if the if the um, enthusiasm to see it is there, that's still going to drive people. Why wouldn't Netflix take take the ratings? Yeah, you know, from from Disney, and then and then cancel it right after it to yeah. to to besmirch yet another uh, series of of Disney's. Yeah, Sam Hager was not happy at all um, about whatever we were just talking about. Sammy Hagar yeah. from from. Uh, from Van Halen? Hey, he's on there. He's, he's, <laughs> That's awesome. There's some F and BS. That's awesome. He's listening he's to us. Double binging. He's <laughs> double binging for us. That's good. Um, all right. Over under. Uh, I'll get you the next one, which is which is pretty good. Odds Jessica Jones season three begins filming. I thought it started already. I thought it began filming already. I don't think season three was confirmed, but it has not started filming yet. I, I had heard that it was filming already. Okay. Um, go 50% benchmark, right? Yeah. So no push. I say under. I think it's under two. Yeah, it's under. Like I re- like under fifty. Like don't yeah. you like that was the first thing you said to me too when you sent me the link last week on Friday. You're like, is this thing crumbling now? Yeah, that's. A, is this thing starting to crumble? And you said no. Well, you, okay. You fact, that was. I turn, think your exact reaction a, was pishaw. Yes. You you fool. Why do I even talk to you? We Those were, ta- were your we exact were talking words. about something we were going to bring up in spin the racks. And I said Peshaw to that, <laughs> but not to the Netflix stuff. The Netflix stuff. And for the record, if you had actually said Peshaw, that would have been fantastic. <laughs> That's a win right yeah, there. Yeah, that would have been like, That's all right, win. you win That's that. That's yours. Game. That's Dolce's. Understood. Round Dolce. All right. <laughs> Odds, Luke Cage and Iron Fist return in their own show together. Under. 30% is my benchmark. What do you think? Mm. Over or under 30%. See, I like what I, I like that I added the percentage. See, now... now push. Push at 30. You need to push at 30. Push at oh, 30. man, you're killing me with these pushes here. What, man? I think... I don't... I don't... I think it's under... If you're going to go over under 50, that should be the... That should be the... You know... Uh, well, but, the, but 50 makes it easy for you. I'm trying to make this as hard for you as possible. Why would you want to make it hard? Because it makes the best radio. No, no, it doesn't. Because all I do is whine. Actually, to be fair, <laughs> I just missed like the greatest like softball toss <laughs> anybody could have mm-hmm. could have given me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm see, this is what happens when you don't get sleep. This is it. I'm off that's, my game. That's your beef. Man. All right, last one before we go to commercial. Over <laughs> under seven. Uh, over under that it is the first show on the Disney streaming service. The Luke Cage, Iron Fist Heroes for under Hire. under seventy percent. Way under seventy. Way under. You don't. Think, under you, you think it's done. I think it's over, and uh, I and I think it deserves to be over. <laughs> but I think all the net, I I think all the Marvel shows kind of deserve to. I think they should call it a call it a wrap. For would you say you are teasing uh, your opinions on Daredevil season three? Which we no, will, which we will. Uh, no, I don't think I am. I think I think you're teasing a particular. I'm opinion. I'm I'm teasing a a a perspective on the entire. Uh, on the entire franchise, yeah. but I am not necessarily okay. giving away my opinions of Daredevil 3. Well, coming up next, Hassan gives his away his opinions on Daredevil Season 3 when we come back. Do you like comic books and movies? How about TV and pop culture? Then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Michael Dolce, host of Secrets of the Sire. Joined every week by my co-host, Hassan, Lord of the Radio Godwin. Together, we have over 15 years' experience creating graphic novels, screenplays, and more. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. That's not cool. Look, that means you're hitting I your stride now. I say funny things every day. And, and Look, who said 60 is, uh, is a dead age? You're doing your best work we're, in your we're, 60s. Apparently, we're done talking. My huh? best work right there. I swear to God. <laughs> this is where, as a, as a show host, you know to go to commercial at this point. Secrets of the Sire. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We talk comics, movies, TV, pop culture every Wednesday night, 
8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc and streaming live on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Twitch and we're doing we're, we're everywhere. We're, we're, we're pr- literally everywhere. I feel pretty good about that. <laughs> Uh, we were talking Daredevil like season three, but right before <laughs> we get exhausting. into that, I just want to let everyone know uh, the new edition of The Sire is available on the online store. Go to mikebooks.com slash store. Get free shipping. Enter code SIREV2. So all our listeners can get a little free shipping. Check out volume one. You can do it. And it actually works for anything on the site. I didn't. Get, I gave Check no restrictions. You, uh, you know, like I want to ship these things out. I want, I want people to read them. I also want them to pay my incredibly marked up prices. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Cash, 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 uh, cash. <laughs> all right. We were talking Daredevil season three. Cash me outside. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, you, got, you got that. Uh, is this a return to form uh, or a bigger mess than before? Just a little precursor. Season two, not as well received um, because it really... It just felt like there was like so much stuff going on, and they crammed a lot into it. And then it was like a lot of forced um, storylines, especially between Karen and, and Matt Murdock, where I'm sitting there going, I kind of felt like Foggy and Karen should be uh, kind of more more nah, like Foggy in got line. himself a totally new woman. I know, I know. So uh, let's so let's go into it. You binged the entire season. Um, I didn't mean to. <laughs> well, that's good. That means really it must have been to. good. Of you know, well, been, yeah. I was a I was I was working on some stuff and so I had it on and then you know it just and then it just sucked you in yeah before I looked I was at episode eleven so I'm like oh, I might as well finish it <laughs> in one day and then I I think I I informed you of that the next day I was like I just watched all this stuff in one day so give me the impression what do we got what are we feeling I here? I enjoyed it um I, I thought it was good I don't know if I. I don't know if I can compare it to. I don't really like to compare things to other seasons. Mm-hmm. Like everything is everything is a different thing. I I would I would honestly um, make it a point to say if it was a if it was worse than previous seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think uh, this was worse. I I don't I don't know if it's on par with the first one or not. I don't really expect them to be. Yeah. You know, I expect them to be. There. You know, every incarnation is going to be a little different. It's sure. A little, you know, either it's going to have strengths in some places and weaknesses in some others. Um, but it wasn't a waste of my time. It wasn't like, uh, like okay, this this series really needs to stop now. You know, it did. You know, so it wasn't. It wasn't that. I will say whether well, they played a couple of beats a little off mm-hmm. than I would have liked. Um, and I can't really get into specifics of that without spoiling anything. Try to try to casually spoil. You, you know, like I, I think we can. It's, I think it's been out long enough that you can kind of. Well, at the end of uh, at the end of Defenders, he was dead or theoretically dead. Right. Right. They did show at the last scene of the Defenders that he wasn't, so that's right. not really a spoiler. But when his two friends find out he's alive, they're kind of like, "Oh, hey, Matt." You know. Yeah. So <laughs> it was kind of like it was, and it was. It's it's um spoiler, big spoiler. It's a build up to like five episodes before they 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 get an inkling that he's actually alive. Yeah. So you go through like five like hours worth of or you know theoretical hours of content before you get the and 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 in theory the conceit is your that's one of the things you're waiting for is yeah. for them all to you know for the for the trio to get back together right right so you go maybe 5 episodes before they actually meet up again right right and then there's like another 4 episodes where they're before they before they actually are are on terms with him that are friendly yeah. because they're pissed yeah, that yeah. he took 5 episodes to 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 contact them in the first place so they played that beat a little off i thought it was going to be a little more revelatory that that he wasn't dead sure um, and I gotta, I gotta honestly say, and I'm going to be in the total minority about this. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio started to drive me crazy <laughs> after a while. I, I feel like they overuse him now. I like him. I think he's great in that role. I've always liked Vincent D'Onofrio going yeah, all the way back yeah. to, uh, to full metal jacket. Okay. I think he's a, no. I think he's a great actor, <sighs> but it's Jennifer Lawrence syndrome, right? It's like, you've got this great actor. So you feel you need to use him. And it's then not after only a while, that, I think uh, he, I think it's the success, the successful way he plays that character where it's, you know, there's this like pent up energy, yeah, yeah. but it just starts to get irksome watching yeah. him control himself like you get and yeah. you get tense watching him not only that but at at a certain point in the series he was becoming he was becoming lethal for the sake of sure. cartoon villain 
you know, uh, uh, lethality. You know, it's yeah. like it's like some people were getting killed just because he was the kingpin, and and right. you know that this will this will is like it got to a Game of Thrones level of villainy. You know, <laughs> where it's like oh, I'll just kill that one. And I'll just I'm just gonna casually shoot that guy in the head, and I'm gonna beat this guy to death in here, and I'm gonna do. And after a while, just like every other Marvel series, when it takes. 13 hours for you to get the guy and yeah. there's bodies on the deck yeah. every episode your it your hero starts to look very ineffective sure and you just get t- by the by the time the end came along and there's a controversy as to whether it was a good ending or a bad ending sure by the time like you know it's not really a spoiler to say this resolved itself mm-hmm. in, in a you know mm-hmm. in a hero prevails kind of way right by the time daredevil prevails you're like yeah I'm so tired of Kingpin though, you know, right? that it was, it wasn't, I like villains where you're kind of on the fence. Like I really like when this guy is on, is on camera. Yeah. You know, so I'm, you're almost towards the end. You're almost pulling for the villain to pull it off just as much as you're pulling for the hero. I will say, honestly, Marvel has the, the, the phenomenon where by the time the hero gets to the villain, you're so sick of the villain (laughs) that you're like, finally, you know, Get rid of this guy so that we can move on. So, I mean, the same thing happened with um, uh, with with Luke Cage and uh, uh I forgot the actress's name. Um, but you were so tired of her. But, yeah, but it, but it, you were like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah, right, yeah. enough, enough. Yeah. And the same thing happened with Jessica Jones. You know, so especially with the Purple Man with with Kill Killgrave. Uh, like, yeah, all right, yeah. get get rid of that guy. Um, so uh, there was that, those were the only two really major things I had with, it. I thought the pacing was way better. Yeah. You know, it didn't feel I, like it I, was I definitely think so too. I think just right from the opening scene, right. You just knew there was uh, a clarity right, to what they right. were trying to do, uh, in this versus what they've done in, in, yeah. uh, in season two. And, and look, season and one. And I love the sister Maggie character, yeah. you know, and everything about her, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I, I, you know, I like the the relationship between uh, the three of them, the sister Maggie and the father, right. and 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 Matt. I thought Matt was a little annoying because he had an he attitude. Always is though for the he you know always yeah. Is. There's there's something about him that I don't love. I really I like don't. him as Matt Murdock. He's better, he's better than Affleck as Matt Murdock. Oh well, I mean, but yeah. but so is Root Canal. Um, yeah, that's that's not really uh, that's not really too hard to do. That's not really, and <laughs> that guy's know? British, so he does a great American accent. Um, but uh, yeah, something about his attitude—it's like, oh come on, dude, you're you're Daredevil. Like the eat there, there is a certain kind of level of conceit for a superhero at that level, where when they start to become, they behave petulantly. Mm-hmm. It's it's way worse than when a normal character becomes becomes petulant yeah you know it's like wait a minute you're you're you've taken on the responsibility mm-hmm. to be the hero of the city right mm-hmm. and you've taken on the responsibility of actually saving all these people and fighting these villains you don't have you don't have the luxury of being a jerk you know right. uh, to, towards the right. only people who are kind of looking out for you maybe you want to avoid them because you don't want them to get hurt maybe you disagree with them maybe they maybe they're the antagonists and sure. they disagree with you but you can't be petulant you know, like, I don't want to talk to you because you lied to me. But you've been lying to everybody. <sighs> yeah, you, I know. How do you take that that position? But I all right. know. I know. I, that's, I, I think that's one of the things that, you know, throughout the entire series, though, there's always those moments where you're like between Foggy and Matt where it's like, ah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you just feel like that. And, and, and you know, yeah. but, but I, I agree. I think in this season, I think it wasn't um, it wasn't as as as. Annoying, I guess. Is the no, best way to I mean he was know? he was he was annoying, but he wasn't as annoying. That what the pacing was good. It wasn't. It didn't feel like wow. It's been, all right, thirteen. I mean, like I said, the the Donofrio thing is real, mm-hmm. and that's an oddity because he was really great in that role. I don't think he was. I I don't think he was terrible in that he's role a, at all. Yeah, he's always great in that. I role, think he though. was. I think what the problem was is I think his caliber of acting was just way above everybody else's. <laughs> so it just was. It just was out of place, you know. It just it just felt like a, a weird addition every time he popped up. It was like, it was like a whole different. Like you had to get yourself ready for an entirely yeah. different form of storytelling at that point. What do we think about the the villains in this though? Because that's one of the things that again, without going into too much detail, because we're trying not to spoil it. If you have to spoil it though, it's been out for a week. I'm okay with it. Yeah, the addition of the other villain. 
took a while and I, i'm a little ashamed that it took me a while to, oh that's who that is you know it took me yeah, a minute yeah. to figure that out yeah um he he started to get annoying also i don't know there's something weird about the way they do their peripheral uh characters where mm-hmm. they they actually humanize them a little too much yeah they're all they're all i mean sympathetic is one thing you want to achieve yeah but they all come off as a little pathetic yeah you know and um and the you know like 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 childish yeah. like like uh like very immature so like it's it's great to like you know like like uh, i don't know like uh, uh jack napier mm-hmm. from the from the 1991 mm-hmm. he was a kind of a sympathetic bad guy because of what happened to him so you kind of understood why he lost his mind but he didn't stop being a villain yeah. like he, you still wanted him to get beat i think you can you can identify with your villain without making them seem pathetic like wimpy yeah almost like they're very deadly but they're also kind of like these personalities that you wouldn't want to be near even if they weren't psycho sociopaths yeah. you know it's like i don't want to talk to that guy that guy's a little clingy you had asked me, um, you know, again, back in the green room, go to patreon.com slash secrets of the sire um, about well the done. fact that his costume, he never really donned his costume the yes. entire season. Yeah. Uh, that and is I one asked you how you felt about we that. Will, we will do that. And it, the, the funny thing about that, I am probably in the minority here. Um, I actually love that because I have a real problem with seeing superheroes on screen. I'll explain what I mean when we come back. Plus, we've got Richard Hamilton, How to Train Your Dragon, uh, graphic novelist, uh, writer, coming up as well when we come back. The initial idea was to replace Daredevil Michael B. Jordan in season three. Because rumor, Michael B. Jordan starring mm-hmm. in every movie. He's going to be uh, hosting the show next week. <laughs> <laughs> Is it going to be my co-host? Yeah, he's going to be Jim. Son, I would fire you so fast uh-huh. if I can yeah. get Michael B. Jordan. Right. Well, there's, there's that solidarity we are talking about. <laughs> Secrets of the Sire. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We talk comics, movies, TV, and pop culture every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc, and streaming live everywhere, except on Twitch, which I realize is now a blank screen. I'll figure that out. Always technical difficulties, but we're live on Facebook. We're live on now YouTube. Now that you hung the lantern we're live on, on Periscope. We're, we're, not, uh, we're not responsible anymore. This is very you, true. You've acknowledged it so that it's not our problem I agree. Anymore. I agree. All right. That's how you do that. Let me clarify my statement before we went to com- commercial. Um, You're a jerk. We were talking about, <laughs> at the end of the day, <laughs> I am. <laughs> you were asking about the fact that he never dons his costume. I actually, in all of these Marvel Netflix shows, they actually do such a great job of building the characters up and the real world situations. That's I Look, I do love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think I've just drifted now that all of these uh, comic book movies and, and comic book TV shows have become reality that we're actually seeing these on screen. I, I almost kind of join the Alan Moore theory of, I just kind of like my comic books being my comic books. Yeah. And I almost hate it when it gets too superhero-y. I hate it when, like that Daredevil costume to me just feels like, like look, it's not a bad costume, but ah, I just don't feel like someone really would wear that. Yeah. Like I know they explained it. They did a, a really nice job of being, well, it's armor and it can protect him. And, and, it's, and, it, and, it, and the guy's like, well, I thought it would be kind of cool. But like I just, I just don't feel like someone really would do that. Like Jessica Jones, when I was watching Jessica Jones, I'm so into it up until the point where she lifts the car up. And this is like at the very beginning. I'm like, and it takes me out of the reality of, of, of people with supernatural abilities versus superhero abilities. I, I don't know. There's something about it. Mind you, Marvel movies, I absolutely love them. I think they're absolutely fantastic. Maybe it's because they're up on a big screen versus maybe yeah. the intimacy of my own. I think that's the problem with the shows in general is that the, yeah. the, you know, as the opposite of what you're saying is that they, they keep running away from the superhero uh, Yeah. You know? They, well, they, they toggle in between. That's yeah, because the like problem. Punisher, like Punisher was a Punisher for the first episode of yeah. that. And then, he, yeah. and then it just became a soap opera yes, after that. I agree. I agree. And it's got to stop. You I know, agree. It's, it, that's, that's one of the main problems with these shows. But, you know, Punisher is a great example of they don't need to do anything with that character on TV 
that they're not doing in the comic. You know, like in the comic, he's Punisher. Basically, you're going to have a scenario where a bad guy is set up to be a bad guy. There's going to be bad things happening. And eventually, he's just going to become Frank Castle. He's going to kill all of them. And and how he kills them is just gonna, as much fun. He's going to Hulk out right. and it's, throw everybody into the sun. It's just as much fun <laughs> as the fact that you know, it, you're setting up bad people are going to mm-hmm. get their comeuppance. Right. That's the beauty of it's Punisher. It's like a Friday the 13th movie. We, you're yeah, setting up. You're, that's it. You don't need to do anything <laughs> crazy. Set up a cool villain. Set up a yeah. cool storyline. That's setting fine. Set up all these but immoral the end, teens to be yeah, murdered by They uh, will be Boris. murdered and you will feel vindication. You'll be excited about it. And they don't do it. No, I I, I agree 100%. All right, we're going to cur- curtail that for a bit. We're going to come back in the next segment, and we're going to get a couple of, of uh, commenters' opinions on this. Mm. Uh, but I want to welcome our guest. This is actually this is a lot of fun uh, to have him on the show uh, because we were in the trenches 12 years ago, uh, Wizard World Chicago, promoting... Um, I was promoting the release of The Sire, and he was promoting Return of the Super Pimps. Mr. Richard Hamilton, how you doing, sir? Hey guys, hey Mike, how are you? Doing really, really great. Uh, I, I love kind of getting into the uh, history of, of all the folks um, back then that were, you know, we, we you know Richard reached, reached out to me. Do you remember me? And I was like, of course I remember you. They're like, we, we were we were we were we were fighting the good fight, uh, you know, back You're in still back in the day. The good fight. I, I've given up. I, I don't fight anymore. I've conceded. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I've conceded. Just write me a check and, and do this as quick as possible. Um, but now, I mean. You know, I bring up what where you, where you came from, but now you've 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 gone so much further. It's awesome to kind of see. Uh, give folks at home just a quick, brief overview of the stuff you've been able to be working on, both in comics and in uh, TV. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I was self-publishing comics for a while, and that's how I met you, Mike. And then, um, and it was a blast. I had a great time. And then my wife got pregnant with our first child, and it was time to get a real job. <laughs> and um, I hate those you know, but jobs. my resume was horrible because it just said, you know, comic book publisher slash film school graduate. So it was actually <laughs> unhirable anywhere. Uh, but I thought, well, I can temp because they don't look at your resume that way. And I lived in LA. I came out here for film school, and that's where I met my wife. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll temp at some studios and get my foot in the door and see what happens. And and I one of the first places I temped was DreamWorks Animation. And, uh, you know, I, I was pretty good about not getting fired, and I kind of worked my <laughs> way up and, and eventually um, got a job working for a great, great guy named Bill Damaschke, who's the chief creative officer. And through him, I got to work on How to Train Your Dragon 2, and from that, I got to write on the How to Train Dragon show on Netflix, and then I got to write some apps and the comic books, and then that led into writing a lot of stuff for Troll Hunters, which I also love. So um, for the past decade almost i've been working on a lot of dreamworks properties mostly um dragons and troll hunters a little bit on trolls and then we had a a project called boo which was really cool it was kind of like almost like a ghostbusters kind of thing that Mm -hmm. sadly never saw the light of day but i wrote a ton for that and fell in love with that and um but you know in the meantime i i still was you know very much bitten by the comic book bug and always wanted to get back to it and and you know was sort of um not self-publishing my own stuff, but trying to pitch to other publishers. And I finally got one of my original stories called Scoop um, picked up by a publisher called Inside Comics. Which I finished. Now, I finished but, reading. It was um, awesome, dude. It was a really. I mean, it was a really good read. I was. Uh, I. I uh, it was in my you. stack of my stack of books from near Comic Con, and I got through it in time because I knew you were going to be on. See the timing. See how it's coincidental. Cool. <laughs> but, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, there's a lot of great comics out there, and so. Um, yeah, it's, it's something I'm proud of. It was based, um, it, even though I am not a 14-year-old red-headed Cuban-American girl, it is, um, as far as you know, it is based <laughs> on my life. And um, when, I was, uh, when I was growing up in Miami and I was uh, in college, I had an internship at CNN. And my first day on the job was the day that Johnny Versace was murdered in front of his mansion in South Beach. I was wondering about that. I don't that. know if you remember that, but it was a pretty big, pretty big deal in Miami and... Um, kind of across the U.S. It was like the first big story in the 24-hour news cycle after O.J. and after the O.J. trial. Sure. And um, so I, I showed up to CNN my first day in the job wearing like a suit and a tie, trying to be very impressive. And um, 
20 minutes into it, all the phones lit up, and they wow. found out somebody very important had gotten murdered in South Beach, and they said, go down there, go, go learn something. <laughs> so I got to ride the news van and, and drove down there and got driven right up to a crime scene, which is very grisly and horrible, and I don't mean to make light of it, but it, that, that experience had a big impact on me, and, you know, forever since then, I wanted to tell a story that was had to do with media and sensationalism, but also kind of conspiracies and behind-the-scenes stuff, and that's where Scoop came from. Take, take me through the pitching process, because we come from the self-publishing world, and the self-publishing yeah. world is, is well, if I got to do it, I'm going to do it myself, uh, you know, yeah. and, and there's, there's, there's that kind of, like, resiliency, but the pitching process... You know, how many how many publishers did you go through before Insight, you know, uh, finally went? I mean, there's there's the classic story of Harry Potter. You know, she went to like 20 different publishers and then there was like one guy who happened to be her champion. is like, yeah, OK, yep. we'll do Harry Potter. And I had a strong feeling. And hey, now it's the biggest you know right. franchise in the world. Um, so there's no there's no shame in, in saying, you know, we have to go to this publisher, this publisher. Like, What was the process like to get that going? Well, I, I mean, originally I had intended to self-publish it, but it was right around the time when I starting to work full-time at DreamWorks, and my son was less than a year old, and, you know, my, my productivity took a huge nosedive, um, but it was for the best reasons in the world, you mm -hmm. know, um, and so then it, it was kind of became a process of, all right, well, I don't have the bandwidth, and I certainly don't have the money or the resources now to self-publish it, so how can I convince somebody else to spend their money on this? How can I make it seem like a a slam dunk for them and there there were many many you know kind of dead ends and brick walls that i hit but um i had written some how to train your dragon stuff for um inside editions and it's kind of a you know sort of reputable book publisher and then i found out that they were going to start uh, they were going to launch their own line of comics and i said hey i really liked working with you guys on this dragon thing i have this idea for this graphic novel i've been mm -hmm. carrying for a long time i'm going to pitch it to you and you know long story somewhat shorter um you know they they agreed to accept it but the, the pitch was um kind of it started as like a, just a one-page document mm -hmm. if i could distill the whole kind of not the entire story but like the feel of it the tone of it and and you know if basically i could get the main character sophie if i could get her across like what her arc is mm -hmm. and kind of what the vibe of the whole story is that would be maybe enough to hook them and then i can get them with something else and that's exactly what happened. So I had this one pager that I wrote, and then um, I had um, I wrote sort of like on spec what the script of the the first issue or the first chapter of a graphic novel would be, and then I had written up a lot of sort of character bios and kind yeah. of a prospectus about where would the series go in success if we did future volumes. And the idea is that every graphic novel is its own mystery, but there's sort of a larger mystery uniting all of them. And I kind of used Veronica Mars as, as sure. a big time inspiration and template. So like on Veronica Mars, on one season of the show, there'd be kind of like a large mystery right. that would the whole season, but then there were storylines that would carry over from one season to the other. And I basically just ripped that off. For <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's funny uh, you, you mentioned that too, because, uh, you know, your background, your comics background, I mean, we were... Uh, you know, again, in the trenches in like 2006 and uh, yeah. you know, give, giving away our age a little bit, too. I mean, we grew up on all the image stuff. We grew up, uh, you had mentioned Ultraverse to me, you know, as being as being kind of an inspiration <laughs> to you. But, you know, Scoop is is to me, uh, for anybody who hasn't checked it out, they should go check it out. And, and I'll give you an opportunity to plug it in a little bit. But like, you know, it's a very uh, contemporary story. It's grounded in reality. I mean, it's 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 everything that graphic novels are now versus what they were 20 years ago. I mean, 20 years ago, it's superheroes and that's it. Um, you know, I yeah. mean, are you, are you jonesing to get back to that, um, you know, to that, to that superhero world or, or, or do you, I mean, in my opinion, I almost feel like it's past. I almost feel like that time is like the superheroes of today are just so different now. And I, and there's no going back. It's like going back to nineties music. We're not going back to it. I just don't feel like it's coming back. Mm. What do you think? Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I was just sort of having a conversation like this with my wife. I mean, like as somebody who is weaned on comics, I always have a soft spot for superheroes. And, and yes, I would, you know, go back to it in a New York minute. But I feel like, you know, it, it, I don't know, in this more woke world, uh, you know, quote unquote, <laughs> like superheroes don't necessarily have to be in costumes, right? Yeah. And so for me, like Sophie, even though she's 14-year-old girl, she's incredibly empowered and she's really making a difference in people's lives. And so I, I treat her as a, as a superhero and I think even 
you know, Kristen Bell, when she announced that they were doing the revival of Veronica Mars on Hulu, was saying that Veronica Mars is a superhero outside of a costume. And so that that's the way I see it. So I, I think, like, there are still superhero stories to be told, mm-hmm. whether or not they have the trappings of the costumes or bat caves and supervillains and, you know, all that. That, that, that may be a little more up in the air. But um, I, I feel like, you know, at, at their core, those sort of, like, morality plays, that those stories of good versus evil will never go out of style. And if anything, they're probably more necessary now than they've ever been in, in decades. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, that's me on my soapbox. That's how I feel about it. Well, real quick, tell everyone where they can find Scoop and tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, Yeah, well, um, Scoop is uh, available at fine booksellers uh, across the globe, but you can get it on Amazon, you can get it on Barnes Noble, you can order it directly from Insight Comics or Insight Editions, and um, the elevator pitch on it is it's Veronica Mars meets X-Files. So if you like either of those shows, if you like comics, if you like YA, if if you like me, which I think I really like <laughs> my mom, uh, check it out. It's, it's really good. And um, every comic I've done from when I self-published to today comes with a money-back guarantee. If you read it and don't like it, I will buy it back from you, no questions asked. I mean, don't be a jerk about it. But <laughs> like, if you read it and legitimately don't like it, it's cool. I'll buy it back. I will say I've never had to buy back a comic I've written. Well, yeah. I want to make. I want to get. I want to get five bucks out of you. This was a good one. So, um, yeah, and you can find me. Uh, I'm on Facebook at Richard Ashton Hamilton. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Regards Richard. Well, keep us posted on the next stuff going on because I do want to. I do want to drill you uh, as to whether you enjoy writing screenplays or uh, writing comics better. But we'll save that question for uh, a future interview. Comics are better. Screenplays. <laughs> are better. <laughs> Damn it! No, no. Radio tease. Sorry. Tease, oh no. Tease. I mean, yes, to be Uh, Richard Hamilton, thank you so much for joining us. When we come back, we go spinning the racks. Rosario Dawson's just got whoever her agent is. She's like, put me in everything. Everything. You don't mean everything, do you? No, I do. I mean everything. I mean everything. I want to be in someone's birthday cake next week. Um, (laughs) That may have been the funniest thing you've ever said. Secrets of the Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. I want to thank our guest, Richard Hamilton, again. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon writer, Scoop. He, uh, he's doing some stuff at DreamWorks that he can't talk about, but he'll talk about soon, uh, which is pretty cool. Definitely have him on again. Awesome dude. Again, it's just always exciting uh, anytime someone was uh, in the trenches uh, to see him uh, or her. To see success. Yeah, like it's things, good. Things actually work it's out good, for you know? change. I just, you know, the, the other thing, too, and we kind of talked about it near Comic-Con, he and I, it's like the there is no path. Uh, to success in this industry, um, and he no. actually had thought by going by by taking a job at DreamWorks was actually like failure at that point because he's sitting there saying, "Well, I, I came here to publish comics, and now I'm I'm like temping, and now, now I'm, I'm working like just, for Disney." Yeah, well, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, before he even got there, it was it was just like he's like, "Well, I guess I I guess I'm I'm in the sphere of what I want to do." But that to me, you know, when we used to work at Wizard Magazine, that was one of the biggest things that I that I actually despised. I was interviewing all these people doing what I wanted to be doing. And it was almost punishment in a way. It was almost like, so tell yeah. me about all the stuff that you're doing that I wish I was but doing. But obviously that's all just your perception of what it was because, I mean, he turned it into a success story. So, I, I feel so like what's we wrong did with t- you? I feel like we did too. No. You don't think this is a success? Look at you here. It's a middle podcast. <laughs> Look how great we're doing. All right. Yeah, we were yeah. talking Daredevil season uh, three and I wanted to get a couple little <laughs> re- fan reactions before we do this. Oh I'm, man, you gotta. We're gonna we're gonna run out of time. Like acknowledging yeah, keep, them. Keep, uh, <laughs> Daquan Kane, I enjoyed the hell out of it. One of the best seasons of any Marvel series so far. Brian Everham, I think it rivals season one, maybe slightly better. The villains are great. Uh, Omar Morales. Oh, well, actually, we'll go Fabian Nicieza first. Uh, one of our favorite guests of and show. creator of Deadpool. <laughs> uh, best season yet. I thought episodes one through nine were a plus. The last four less so. Gets a very high B plus overall from him. Uh, Omar Morales, who uh, created uh, The Crusader, uh, who's got actually the Guinness Book of World Records for the largest printed comic book ever done. Very exciting. Well done. I did. I colored some of the pages in there, nice. so it's good. Nice. Um, 
He said, it's okay, a bit predictable. And then I wrote, Marvel Netflix predictable or comic book predictable? And he said both. Uh, both have a formula and both are in play. Do uh, you agree with that statement? Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Um, I don't know about predictable because, I mean... <laughs> I mean, everything you could claim anything is predictable after you've seen it. Yeah, you know. So I don't know how much of it I predicted. I saw um, the end coming because there was thirteen well, episodes, and I knew there was yeah. going to be an end coming. Right? Yes, like that, yes. Kind of, that kind of around episode thirteen, yeah. I figured they were going to start wrapping it up. Yeah. Um, and I predicted that uh, very cleverly. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I I don't I don't know predictable. I don't know what you would call. Yeah. I, it, it's familiar. Okay. It was very familiar, but I don't know if I would call it predictable. All right. Well, we want to know your not thoughts. Not in a negative like that. You Keep know. commenting on the Facebook feed, facebook.com slash secrets of the sire. We'll be commenting all week long as well, too. Uh, YouTube, same thing. If you leave mm-hmm. some comments, we're over there. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. We're trying to build that up. It's, uh, it's something that we Dude, sorely we need to do. Um, and uh, that's it for Daredevil Season 3. We do this every week. We go spinning the racks, bring you the most fantastic. Wonder Woman 1984 sequel has been pushed back to summer 2020. Gal Gadot made it known that uh, Warner Brothers has officially announced they've pushed back Patty Jenkins' highly anticipated sequel by seven months. Uh, She shared the news on her personal Twitter page. This is according to comicbookmovie.com, although she put it on her Twitter page. We had tremendous <laughs> success releasing the first Wonder Woman during the summer, so we saw an opportunity to take advantage of the changing competitive landscape we did. The movie lands the film exactly where it belongs. That's kind of like a reshaping of, hey, we need to push you back. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's, it. that's, a, oh, that's what we always wanted. <laughs> we that's we a wanted. Of, uh, we lowered our expectations and it exceeded our lowered expectations. Yeah. Yeah, the, the move is fairly strategic uh, as Wonder Woman had immense success the same weekend. Uh, but with James Bond 25 shifting to February 2020, uh, Wonder Woman wasn't expected to face much competition in its November date. But now Joaquin Phoenix's Joker opens a month prior. Uh, so it appears they didn't want to you know, bump it up. Kingsman 3 is November 8th next year. Wow. Paramount Sonic the Hedgehog, November 8th. Terminator 6, November 15th, my birthday and your birthday, right? Mm-hmm. No, you're the 14th. I'm the 16th. 16th. You're the 16th. You're the day after. Rob Felton was my birthday. Okay. Disney's Frozen 2 comes out November 27th. So now, all of a sudden, November next year is like just a huge yeah, cluster a huge, F. Huge wash. So, um, eh, good for her. That's the question, though, you said to me. Is it crumbling? That's because it seems like a lot of their, you know, like things are, just, are being dismounted and, uh, and uh, you know, displaced and moved around yeah. and, and pushed around. And I don't so, think it is. I think it's, 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 it's no, not too big not. to fail. It's the, it's not, the, you know, it's, but superheroes are going to need the change. I think the superhero genre yeah. is going to last, but only if it can kind of change a little yeah. and, and get into things. One of the, one of the problems with, um, with the Netflix stuff, which is why I'm not really upset that they're yeah. getting canceled, is because we were, we were talking about before. Yeah, it was the interconnectability of of the MCU, which is uh, what, in my opinion, what makes the MCU so yeah. in, uh, very difficult to topple. Mm-hmm. Is because every installment, yeah, is it, there's an Easter egg for something else, or there's something connected, or there's you know Iron Man's in this one, or yeah. Thor's in the next one, and Spider Man's in this. So it's it's kind of like you're all you're getting an episode of the sure. same story sure. over and over, and that's why all those movies are so successful. Yeah, when you watch the 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 Netflix shows, it almost goes out of its way, as we were talking before yeah. about uh, uh, not being superhero ish to kind of get away from the comic book aspect of it. Yeah. And to not take advantage of the landscape that they're building. Yeah. They're, you know, all that world building, they're all in the same city. They're mm-hmm. all doing the same thing at the same time. Why aren't we seeing uh, them all? Why aren't they all connected? Why are they why are they going out of their way yeah. to kind of turn these uh, superhero things into genre uh, dramas? And that's yeah. I think that's a waste. I think they've they've squandered something really good that they had and when it started. To, a lot of goodwill. To ping pong over to DC, though, they've squandered it by just being you know, Not so good. clumsy about yeah. everything they do at the same time. So I agree. So I think blatantly I trying think to, to rip off the MCU instead uh, yeah, of yeah. making their and own I, thing. And look, but at the end of the day, I think, uh, I think the Wonder Woman franchise is safe, I think. Uh, I think so. I think comic book movies are safe. I actually think um, uh, Aquaman will do okay. I think it's going to be very good. Yeah, I and really I'm excited too. to see it. it looks the, yeah. Some of the stuff I've seen has been... Um, it'll at least be a, uh, a series of amazing visuals. Yeah. So that'll yeah, be something. I, I agree with you. All right, I wanted to squeeze this one in. It's our last story uh, of the day. 
Cops searching for a Ross from Friends lookalike suspected of theft. If you check it out, uh, there's surveillance video in London of a guy <laughs> robbing a liquor store. He looks exactly like David Schwimmer, uh, so much to the point that police in Blackpool, England, were, s- were sorry to rule out David Schwimmer as a suspect. <laughs> uh, British authorities investigating a restaurant theft have ruled out David Schwimmer, uh, even though Facebook users noticed the striking similarities. Thank you, for everyone. Thank you to everyone for your speedy responses, Blackpool police commented. Uh, we have investigated this matter and have confirmed David Schwimmer was in America on this date. We're sorry it had to be this way. Check out the check out the uh, the video feed. Uh, I know this is radio for some folks, but uh, if you go to secretsofthesire.com and restream the video, uh, go to the very end and you will see it. It it, it yeah, basically. Uh, that you know. that is a that is an utter utter mistake. That's an utter. mistake. No one told you it had to be this way. No, it's an utter mistake. <laughs> obviously, David Schwimmer has a teleportation. <laughs> <laughs> Just obvious Which answer. would be the, the, the superpower of choice for uh That would Sinatopower. be my <laughs> that would totally be for my you. superhero power, yes. So he showed up. And his. so he's he's not only teleporting, but he's also robbing people. That's Next a, that's a great story. Week. Again, I want to thank our guest Richard Hamilton. Uh awesome stuff. Next week it's Halloween. So that means the greatest horror movie rank'em is gonna be upon us. We are gonna rank the top twenty horror films of all time. We'll probably get through three. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Halloween! See now that we've hung the lantern and on it, potential we're okay. potential mystery guest. Uh, we're trying to ra- we're trying to wrangle this mystery guest, and it's going to be pretty awesome. Do you like comic books and movies? How about TV and pop culture? Then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Michael Dolce, host of Secrets of the Sire. Joined every week by my co-host, Hassan, Lord of the Radio Godwin. Together, we have over 15 years' experience creating graphic novels, screenplays, and more. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc.